You're listening to A Date with Data with your host, Amy Bitterman. Hey, it's Amy, and I'm so excited to be hosting A Date with Data. I'll be chatting with state and district special education staff who, just like you, are dealing with IDEA data every day. A Date with Data is brought to you by the IDEA Data Center. Welcome to the very first live episode of A Date with Data podcast. Um, We are very excited to have OSEP, the OSEP edition today. Um, For those of you maybe who haven't listened to the podcast yet, I would encourage you to check it out and hear from many of you that are here today, in fact. Um, And usually on the podcast, we have state um, special education directors and data managers and all, all of the rest of you that are here today as well as uh, district and, and other state staff join us. And this time we're, we're so happy to have a national perspective um, on IDA data quality. And they're going to be talking to us about from that higher up you know, view and what OSEP is thinking and OSEP's priorities related to influencing, interacting, and improving our IDA data quality. So, so excited to have you all here. So as uh, Julie mentioned, we have um, Greg Kaur, who is the Director of the Monitoring and State Improvement and Planning Division, or MSIP. Also Christine Pilgrim, who is the Associate Division Director with MSIP. And Rochelle Davis, who is an Education Program Specialist in the Research to Practice Division with OSEP. And I just wanted to start out by having you each just say a little bit about your role, what you do at um, OSEP, and also just something you like to do for fun when you're not working. And um, Greg? Pick on me first? Yeah. (laughs) Okay. Um, So my role, as it has been for over a decade now, um, time flies when you're having a great time. So as the title of the division might suggest, we are responsible for monitoring, but also for SPPAPR and determinations. I look to my friend here to my left, who uh, is deeply involved in that process, and also um, grant awards. And, um, you know, we have staff back in Washington who are working very hard to uh, review and approve the grant award applications that came in May 24th so that everybody can get their their fund on um, July 1st. I know you all are looking forward to that. So that, that occupies a lot of my time. We also do a um, considerable amount of policy work. We could try to squeeze that in where we can. And um, customer service, we do have a customer service team that uh, varies from three to four people, depending on vacancies. Um, but they are kind of our first line of contact with the public. When a, a parent who's upset calls in, you know, they engage with that parent, uh, inform them of their rights, you know, kind of suggest alternatives and resources for them. So those are some of the things we do. Now I forget the second part of the question. What do you like to do for fun when you're not working? Okay, when I'm not working, sleep. Um, <laughs> And over the pandemic, we um, acquired a, a puppy, a cute little border collie puppy. The kids had been asking for one for a long time, and I kept saying, we're never home. We can't do that. But now we're home a lot more. Um, so these dogs are incredibly active. Her, the dog's parents were um, working 
sheep herding farm dogs. So we don't, do not have a herd of sheep in Capitol Hill. So um, we ended up taking her out on walks and out to throw the ball as, as much as we can. So that's a lot of my time. And, uh, you know, kind of trying to keep the, the garden looking presentable and uh, taking out the garbage and that sort of thing. <laughs> you know. Those fun activities. Yeah, all those fun activities. My turn next. Um, I have been with OSEP for 14 years, but in my current role, and as, as one of four associate division directors, I've been doing that for three years. Um, I've had various roles at OSEP. I've been a state lead. I've been, um, I call it a party planner, but, you know, it was really a facilitator of collaboration across the department, and um, now I'm in this role. Um, as one of four associate division directors, I have what we call a homeroom team. Um, so I lead a group of... 10 folks are on, I mean, I think it's about 12 folks are on my team, and we have a certain number of states and all of the Pacific entities, so my friends from American Samoa, Guam can't be here because they're dealing with the effects of a typhoon, but CNMI, FSM, Palau, all of them are on my team um, as well, and my team is called Team B. I say it's B for best, but this is going to be a podcast, Living in Perpetuity, and then now my colleagues know how competitive I am because I want to be the best at everything. Um... I also provide leadership to the data implementation team, and that is a team that is charged with overseeing our process to review your SPP APR submissions um, and issue determinations. Um, I am not a native sort of data person. I've had to learn a lot as I have taken on this role, but I always appreciate how accountable this group holds me in everything I do, especially Meg. Um, so if I can, if I can usually get through them and I'm looking okay and I don't have egg on my face, I know that I've achieved something. Um, in terms of outside of work, I don't know that there's really an outside of work right now because it's our busy period, but I do like to eat really good food. Um, I like to sleep. I like to travel. But I have a broke best friend who is my 18-year-old child, and she affects my outside of work shenanigans all of the time. Right before I came on stage, I got a text, can you put some money in my account? That's all I ever can you put some money in my account, can you put some money in my account? So that's, that's my life, Rochelle. Hey. So I kind of gave a little bit of it away yesterday, but I like to consider myself uh, miss other duties as assigned. So I started at OSEP um, in the research to practice division with the data team, and I still work with the data team. But in, uh, we collect the data, as I talked about yesterday. So we kind of are that first block. It's where the data comes to. We're doing that initial data quality and then pawning it off here to Christine. Um, I also uh, work on the annual report to Congress. Who's familiar with the annual report to Congress? Anybody read it? Hey, you guys are making my day right now. Um, so I've done that now for probably, I want to say 10 years, maybe nine, not entirely sure. Um, so we're, we're working on the next version. We just published one. So if you're looking for something to do, you can find it out there. I also do some work on the personal development data collection system, which is a lot of fun. Uh, we fund grants to scholars, and then we demand that they do service. So they have to teach in the field for a, a time period. And so uh, we have to collect that information, and, and so we track that as well. And along the line, I've also managed to get myself uh, Special Olympics. Who's familiar with that? Unified Champion Schools, really cool. Um, this has been extremely rewarding for me. Um, I started my career in Richmond City, and last year I got to go to, they call them banner schools. And so 
uh, one of the elementary schools in Richmond, not one where I taught, but still pretty cool, they got a banner, and so uh, Secretary Cardona came, and he, like, came off of his little bus. It was the bus tour, and the kids were all lined up, and then they played cornhole. You know that game you play? <laughs> yeah. Anyway, it was kind of neat watching the kids play cornhole. Um, but it was, it was pretty special to kind of, like, have my career kind of come full circle there, and so... Um, you know, I've picked up some other things, work on trying to get the discretionary grant money out the door, um, project officer to IDC. So whatever needs done, I'm a big fan of making sure that it gets done. Um, in my free time, I don't know whether you gathered this, but I kind of like to golf. Someone mentioned, she looks like she's dressed to go golfing. And well, yeah, that's my road trip attire to come back from golf. Like after I've played outside, untucked the shirt and put the sandals on. So I'm a pretty avid golfer. I like to get out a couple times a week. So that's my, my real big uh, non-work activity. Great. Well, thank you. And now we got to get down to business. Um, all of you I know are dying to hear what is on OSEP's minds. What are you all focusing on? Um, so can you tell us a little bit about some of the, the priorities now from OSEP's perspective? And um, Rochelle, Sure. I'd like to start. I would be happy to start. So uh, right now, our really big priority that we're working on is EdFacts modernization. So I know a lot of you in the room have heard of it. I'm, I'm guessing that there may be a few that haven't. Uh, basically, what EdFacts modernization is doing is moving our review of the data. So the idea is to have high-quality data that is usable on the due date. So instead of having that time period where the data is submitted and then OSAP goes and reviews it and then gives you guys comments and then you respond to comments and then resubmit the data, the idea is, is that all of that work is going to happen on the front end. And so uh, a lot of processes are changing, you know, things are being built into a system. And so we're going to use a new system called EdPass. I'll just... Save it. it. I don't know what date it's opening. Um, it is in flux. We will hopefully keep checking your emails. We'll have a date for you, obviously. All new things are often delayed, and this is no different. Um, and so, you know, that's one of our really big priorities that's going to happen. You know, it's kind of fun looking back at what we did yesterday and seeing how EdFax has changed things. I expect that I can be back up here in 10 years talking about how EdFax modernization has changed things. So uh, that's our biggest priority right now. Um, another big priority is publishing more data. So we have uh, worked on publishing the LEA child count data. And so we just published our second round of that. So there are two LEA child count files that are out in the public sphere. Um, next year, we hope to publish a an ed, um, an ed facts, an exiting uh, LEA file. Um, we're also along the same line of getting data out the door and, and really trying to influence the public with our data. Um, we're cranking out the fast facts. Who's ever seen the fast facts, the little one-pagers? Excellent. If you haven't, it looks like there's a hand at every table. So if you don't know what it is, feel free to ask the person that just raised their hand. I'm sure they can hook you up. Or you can ask me later. Um, you know, and then perhaps the biggest thing that we do is making sure that data on kids with disabilities is at the, the, the data is at the table for every meeting that we attend. So that's, that's our big one. So how about MSIP? Um, 
I think to reinforce some of what Rochelle said, I think this focus on transparency, what data are out there, is it easily digestible, is it accessible, like what are we putting out there and um, and how we're using it more effectively to make decisions. I think with the President's Executive Order on Equity, we've looked at a number of our internal processes and thought about how we, um, as you know, how we could think about how we make determinations differently in 2023 and beyond. Um, and we've gotten a ton of feedback from you on that. Um, and then obviously that also plays out in information collections, another thing in us thinking about um, policy, et cetera. But I think focus on transparency. Um, are we getting the right data? Um, how are we using the right data to make decisions? Those are the bulk of our internal um, sort of conversations. And also in thinking about DMS, you know, in Heather and Susan's session yesterday, I, I sat in, although I was worried I would squelch conversation. Um, you know, they talked about how data is the thread through everything, and we also talk about that internally a lot. Um, and while I'm not a native sort of data person, I have learned that throughout my years at OSEP, that there can be no conversation about any of our work processes unless somebody's looking at the data and seeing what the impact of the data is. So I think looking forward to DMS, we're doing what we can to make sure that obviously there are protocols for data in the SPP APR, but that we're really getting some good conversations when we are on site with states and engaging with them deeply to um, ensure that data stays at the forefront and that we're able to break down some of those silos. I think I've been in situations before where people, uh, maybe the EdFacts coordinator doesn't really understand what's happening with IDA data and what happens when that data makes in the SVP APR and we make determinations. So I think some of those conversations on site also help to further that. So think from the MSIP standpoint, at a very granular level, those are the things that are top of mind for us. But Greg, as my boss, may have other thoughts. Yeah, so thank you, Christine. Ditto all that. And um, also would want to add that one of the priorities for MSIP is um, increasing our internal capacity to effectively use data. And we, we've been successful recently in bringing on new staff. We actually stole a person from Rochelle's data group and the research to practice division. Apologies. Um, so we said changing faces, changing places. Yes, that's definitely the, the tune. Um, so we have a data analyst. It's a brand new position, someone with some pretty significant data chops who I think will help us uh, tremendously. Um, we also were able to um, replace the data implementation team facilitator, that person who may be here, um, left about a year ago. Um, Christine has um, assumed those duties. It's one of you. It's more than a year. More than a year. Oh, okay. Yes. You yes, would sir. You would yes, know. Sir. Yes, sir. Yeah, yeah. Um, but uh, it's one of your many full-time jobs, right? Uh, so we've done that, too. We are trying to build a data uh, culture in MSIP. Yes. And before I left Washington, I texted um, Glenna Gallo, who is our new assistant secretary. Yeah, we're excited about her, too. I just got a text from one of my colleagues saying he was at a meeting in Glenna, which was there, and she was so organized and positive, and it was just really delightful to have her there. But she did um, send me a few things that maybe this would be the best time to share. So she, Glenna, called me up yesterday morning and said, do you have a minute? And she wanted to share some messages that she wanted me to convey to you. One of the things she wanted to share is that she is a self-described data wonk. She loves data. 
And she said she actually has to hold herself back because she has a real tendency to kind of get way down in the weeds too quickly and go down those rabbit holes. So that's, you know, something I thought would resonate with this group. She shared some um, ideas that she's working on. She's got a call to action. One of her priorities is aligning current areas of improvement with values and objectives for the future. So not just what we're doing, but where do we want to go? Um, she talked about some strategies for success. Part of her vision, I think many of us share, is a coordinated, seamless system across Part B, Part C, the discretionary programs, Part D, and then state and local programs. And also, you know, working with RSA and post-secondary She's interested in further building um, partnerships, engagements, and coalitions with our varied group of stakeholders out there. Another um, priority is learning from the past, data analysis, and database decision-making. Really kind of using data to examine inequities, um, consistent with what Christine just said about the executive order for this administration. And then finally, um, identifying and using evidence-based practices that promote access, equity, and inclusion. So we'll be hearing more from Glenna. She will be you know, one of our featured speakers at the OSEP Leadership Conference next month. But uh, this is a little preview of, uh, of her values. Great. So in the spirit of this conference um, being about data quality influencers and improving your, your data quality, can you each say a little bit about how you feel like you're a data quality influencer? Sure. So I really like the concept of a an in, data quality influencer because it's that idea of making sure that, you know, I, I think that you improve data quality by using it. And so the way that you influence data quality is by getting other people to use your data. And so I think that's a lot of fun. And it's, it's great. I mean, you know, hearing about Glenna's uh, comments and her interest in data and being able to, I'm actually looking forward to bringing data and getting her down the rabbit holes with me. Um, but you know, being able to have that data at the table. And I mean, obviously we influence data, you know, with the collections and things like that and, and what's going to be collected. But I think the more important place of, of influencing the data quality is by getting the data out and using it and bringing it into all of those policy conversations. So um, that's the really the biggest place where I see my ability to influence data quality. Um, in addition to obviously the formal processes and Rochelle touched on one of them, like an information collection, obviously. Obviously, we, we influence what happens based on the data that we're asking states for. But I think when I look at our team and how we work internally, it's it sort of warms my heart, right? Like it sort of makes your heart sing. How our conversations have changed over time as we are analyzing SPP APR submissions. And the more we learn, the deeper our questions become internally as we're trying to analyze your submissions. And then we get into a place of, okay, well, like, are we even asking for the right thing? Is this getting at what the intent was? Maybe we need to think about how we change this. How is this going to affect our TA, et cetera? So I think a lot of those internal discussions then dictate what we want to do when we think about how we're connecting with um, the OSEP funded centers, TA that we want to um, 
put out and things that we may be figuring, okay, well, next information collection or next time this comes up, should we tweak this a little bit? Because now that we're getting submissions and what we're seeing, is it really, are we getting what we thought we would get? Are we asking the right questions? Do we have confidence in what we're getting that it's telling the whole story? So I think that's one way, and that's you know, sort of our internal continuous improvement process, always looking at the data. Are we getting what we want? Is this what we intended? Is there a better way to do this? I think um, it was hard for me to think of myself as an influencer, but I am going to put it on my evaluation too in addition to finding Greg the page. Um, <laughs> uh, we have been much more intentional about collaborating with our data scientists across the department. We have an office of the chief data officer, and while they're not steeped in program stuff, so they don't really know IDEA and IDEA programs, they're like brilliant data scientists, and we've been um, trying to connect with them more as we are trying to operationalize particular things in our office and make some decisions and sort of pressure testing a lot of our thinking against them. And I believe that makes us stronger as an office when we're saying that we want a particular thing that we've done this, and that is also an influencing moment. Um, and I think DMS is another place where we where we influence, uh, right? What I know that what we measure, you guys value. I know the types of questions we ask um, of states also guide work and conversation. So I think that's another place. Uh, I think lastly, one more. Y'all may not realize because one or two of you always find a mistake and then I'm ready to stab myself in the eye at the end of the process. But we do have a very rigorous process for SVP APR review. Like, there are multiple eyes that see your submission. Um, we take our quality, our QC processes very seriously. Everyone in the office knows how much I hate a mistake. Hate making a mistake. They do happen. Y'all let me know when they happen, and I appreciate that. But um, it's multiple levels of review. Um, it's across multiple offices. It's us trying to make sure that um, our office isn't saying something that's not congruent with what OESE is saying about the same data, et cetera. You know, we're, we're very intentional about those things, and I think that that's another place where data quality is always top of mind for us, and we want to make sure we're putting the best foot forward. And you can, you can imagine the uh, enormity of that task when we're talking about, you know, 60 state submissions, Part B, and 56, I think it is, for Part C, um, multiple indicators for each program, and each indicator is broken down into little bits. So lots and lots of data out there. The potential for an error is um, significant. And um, I think it's a real testament to the commitment of our team that, you know, very rarely do we uh, make mistakes that don't get caught before, before they go out. So they're doing a terrific job. Um, to add on to what um, Christine already said, you know, we're trying to make better use of our data across different processes so that, for instance, when a monitoring team is preparing to engage with the state that they're also taking a look at the 616 and 618 data to kind of inform their questions and their analysis and review. We also want to make sure that, you know, what we're hearing from states through the SPP APR is congruent with what we're hearing when we conduct interviews and review documents that the states submit as part of DMS. So making sure that there's consistency across our different processes. To access podcast resources, submit questions related to today's episode, or if you have ideas for future topics, we'd love to hear from you. The links are in the episode content or connect with us via the podcast page on the IDC website. 
at ideadata.org.